Welcome to Confessions of an Obese Child. This is a podcast that deals with early childhood trauma, disordered eating, binge eating, and more. We discuss self-loathing, triggering to binge eating, and then many post-weight loss topics like survivor's guilt, the body positive movement, and more. And we interview formerly overweight children as well. So please join us for another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. I really need to fix that intro and and, and kind of tone it down to crescendo it a bit at the end, but uh, I tend to focus on the other two podcasts more because I do them more often, but I really need to invest the time because it is a jarring ending of the techno music. I did have somebody post a comment on my Facebook page. It's like, why do you play techno music to something that's so solemn? And I was like, that's the exact reason why I play techno re- techno music. Because if you listen to my early episodes, and now we're around in the 50s, but if you listen to the early ones where I talk about sad things that happened to me when I was a fat kid, um, I guess I, I juxtapose it with upbeat music. If you think of songs, there are a lot of songs that do that, like Outcasts, Hey Yeah, very upbeat song, but the lyrics are very sad. If you want to go older school, Veronica by Elvis Costello. That song, Veronica, Veronica, you know, uh, that's a very sad song about a, a, somebody who has like uh, dementia. Right? So there, there are people who do that. So I don't know. I just I like having upbeat music and I don't want to change it midway like I've done with Holistic Health News, uh, the flagship channel, which honestly, I think I've changed the title of that podcast three, four times. It used to be a cult health news, but then people thought it was something to do with the satanic and then before that, it was MP radio. So I, w- I just want to keep the music and be consistent. So anyway, today we're going to talk about a TV show which caught my interest, not because of its superlative acting and immaculate writing and poignant stage direction, but mostly because it deals with somebody who was an overweight child. And you don't see these TV shows that often, to be honest. I'm trying to think of TV shows. I mean, there are some TV shows that have a fat character and like Monica from Friends, but really they don't they don't spend a lot of time on that because she is, you know, a formerly overweight child and she'd be actually a very interesting future episode. Let me write that down. Monica Friends. We could analyze her character and why she's so OCD. But uh, you see it in some movies, like there's always the jocular, chubby, offensive line, uh, male, fat character that you see in a lot of teen rom-coms, teen football movies like Varsity Blues and so forth. But as a whole, you don't really see uh, the central character being a former overweight person who lost weight. So this is why the TV show Insatiable, which you can find on Netflix, so there's no reason any of you can't watch this show because everybody in the world has Netflix, caught my interest. Now, I did watch the first season back when it came out in 2018, and I did read how a lot of people were upset with it because they the, they were upset that the character had lost weight. And I'll, I'll mention what the plot is in a second. And so a lot of the pro-body positive people were very angry at this show. And look, I have definite criticisms about this show, but it doesn't have to do with the body positive movement because if you've watched my previous episodes, I'm completely, I wouldn't say completely emphatically against the positive body positive movement because the previous episode we where we interviewed Teresa, 
uh, we had a little discussion, and that's a really good interview. I think that's probably the best interview I've ever done because she really knows like what makes herself tick. But we did talk about the body positive, and you know her her argument was whatever it, whatever it takes to make you not self loathe is good, and you know the body positive is. Uh, trying to remind you not to hate yourself for being overweight. And that part I think is great. I just think the long-term goal of body positive isn't that something that's tenable. But the the people who are against it were like the, the oh, why does she need to lose weight <laughs> argument? I'm like, well, that's kind of the whole point of the TV show. But it did catch some flack. And I remember reading the articles, but the thing that caught my interest was that they mentioned that she was an overweight child who loses weight. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, there aren't a lot of TV shows that deal with an adult who was formerly overweight. Uh, off the top of my head, I can only think about Monica, but they don't really focus on that on Friends. And so even though the character Patty on, on this show, Insatiable, is still in high school, I think they do a very good job of depicting what it's like in the mind of a post-weight loss, oh, formerly obese person. So... Season two just started this year, and and to be fully honest, I have not watched season two, and I'll, I'll talk about why that is. But the general plot behind this show, Insatiable, is that there's a girl, she's a teenager, Patty Bladell, and it's played by Debbie Ryan. Some of you might know Debbie Ryan because she did a lot of TV shows on, I think, Nickelodeon or Disney, one of those. The funny thing is that she's 26, <laughs> And she's playing like a 16-year-old, but you know, that's pretty common. Especially if you look at like the John Hughes movies of the 80s and some of the rom-com high school movies of the 80s, you look at these these actors that they pick to play high school students and they all look like they're 30. Like one of my favorite, and all of you guys I think have seen 16 Candles, but Jake, the, the love interest or the crush of Molly Ringwald's character, Jake, that dude looks like he's 34, right? But he's in high school somehow, but. Anyway, so Debbie Ryan plays a, a character by the name of Blad, uh, Patty Bladell. And Patty, and they show this the first episode where she's morbidly overweight and she gets picked on and they call her Fatty Patty, similar to how I was called Fat Albert all the time when I was younger uh, because of the, the Bill Cosby cartoon. Go to that first or second episode where I talk about what it was like to grow up with the nickname Fat Albert. I think it's episode two of Confessions of an Obese Child. And uh, so she's picked on and bullied, and then she has some sort of accident, and I don't recall what happens, but she has an accident where she is in a coma for three months, and they put on a liquid diet. And because she's on a liquid diet in the hospital, she wakes up, and she is uh, skinny, a regular weight, because Debbie Ryan, the actress, is a curvy uh, woman. She is curvy. They didn't turn her into some you know, Kate Moss, heroine, chic, stick figure. So she is naturally curvy. And of course, like with all these ugly duckling shows, right? If you, if you think, or, or movies, you think of She's All That, that classic 19, late 90s movie with Paul Walker and Freddie Prinze Jr. And uh, Rachel Lee Cook is the, the nerdy art student. And Walker and Freddie Prinze make that bet that Freddie Prinze can't... Um, I can't well can't sleep with her or whatever. He's got to turn her into from the ugly duckling, ugly duckling to the cool girl. And if you if you look at all these ugly duckling shows, they never pick somebody who's actually ugly, right? Because they know. I mean, everybody knows Hollywood sells beautiful people because people want to look 
a beautiful people. And this is sadly why we talk about the sexual market value graph of, of women. This is why people like Cameron Diaz, who's 46, 47, has retired from Hollywood because she can't get any roles anymore. And the only women in their 40s and 50s and 60s who can get roles are those who are actually good actresses like Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep and so forth. But if you look at the former sex kittens like Salma Hayek, or Cameron Diaz, these these Ashley Judd, right? They didn't really have good acting chops. And so now that they're post-wall, they can't get roles. So they rarely ever pick when it's going to be like a, uh, you know, rags to riches, ugly duckling transformation, somebody who's actually unattractive. So with Debbie Ryan's character, they have her, of course, in the fat pad and the fat suits and all that. So you know she's attractive, and you know kind of the plot, what's going to happen. So she loses the weight on liquid diet, and boom, she comes out, and she's beautiful. She's curvy. She's got the big eyes and the small chin and the high cheekbones. You know, she looks like an anime character with curves. So now she comes back, and people, of course, are shocked. You know, who is this? Who is this? This, this girl. And I think they know it's her. I think they know it's her. But now, of course, she gets treated differently by the boys, right? The boys ignored her, made fun of her, called her Fatty Patty. And now she's getting attention from everybody. The girls are giving her attention because, you know, with girls, you know, the, it, it, with most women, it's the frenemy. It's the frenemy kind of rule, right? Women are attracted to be around other women, like popular girls, but at the same time, they kind of resent them for being popular. But uh, they want to be around them. So they she kind of gets this push-pull with other attractive high school girls. And the general thing behind season one of Insatiable is on her getting revenge on the people that made fun of her. And... I think anybody who is formerly overweight can relate. Anybody who was picked on as a child can relate. Because, look, getting picked on as a child is, is, is experience early childhood trauma. Go to that episode we did on early childhood trauma. Go to that episode on ending the intergenerational trauma. So people who were not bullied as a child or picked on or had some adverse early childhood trauma don't understand. Like, I know people who had seamlessly idyllic childhoods and uh, you know god bless them uh, but they don't really understand people who you know either were raised by an alcoholic or were really fat and picked on as a kid or suffered other trauma they don't they don't get it because that's your formative period of your life and so whatever happened to you during that childhood is seared into your psyche and unless you do the deep work it's very hard to get that stuff out so her character patty in season one, one of the motifs in it is that she is trying to get revenge on all the people that have made fun of her. Now, this show is a dark comedy. It is very dark. And there is some murder in it. And, and of course, most of the show deals with her entering beauty pageants. And there is a, another character who ends up being her coach, who's a closeted homosexual, uh, Bob Bob's his name, Bob Armstrong. And uh, you can tell early on, he's married to Alyssa Milano from, now my my generation, Alyssa Milano, of course, was the girl in the show Who's the Boss? And then later she was on Melrose Place. Or 90210, I forget which one. So, you know, we, we anybody who, any guy in his 40s had a crush on Alyssa Milano. So now she's older in her 40s and she's the wife of Bob. And Bob is a lawyer 
who on the side likes to be a beauty pageant coach. So he discovers Patty and convinces her to be a beauty pageant contestant. And so, of course, Patty at the beginning doesn't want to do it. She, you know, she still has all the fat insecurities, but eventually she starts doing it and she gets confidence. And there's a lot of hijinks that ensue. And and then Bob has this eventual gay relationship with another uh, lawyer by the name of... Uh, that is his name, Bob, Bob Barnard. Yeah, that's the, the, the guy. And all that is really not that, that important. Like there's a lot of like side plots that make this show very ridiculous. And so I'm not really going to focus on that. But if any of you have, I would say this, if any of you have children who are overweight, but you want them to be protected from some of the more insidious elements that Hollywood brings, like pushing sex and or maybe homosexuality and other things. You might not want your child to watch this. Now, they probably already watched it. I mean, look, nine-year-olds were watching 13 Reasons Why. And go to that Holistic Health News episode we did on how uh, suicide rates did increase with teenagers after watching 13 Reasons Why. When season one of that show came out, Netflix was very cavalier about it. They didn't have any warnings about how this might trigger suicide. But at the end of season one, they're like, oh, this won't, this didn't rise any, peak any, any uh, suicide rates in, in teenagers. But no, a year later, after the studies came in, it did. It actually did. But your kids have probably already watched Insatiable. But I would say that if, I would say watch this if you were formerly overweight or if your kids are in their 20s. But it does have some dark humor and there is some sex, nothing that is shown, but it does definitely have some adult content. It is a dark comedy for sure. So anyway, so Patty. Patty struggles with binge eating throughout uh, the first season. So anytime she is stressed out or things aren't going her way, like she's not going to, you know, enter a beauty pageant or, 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 you know, win the beauty pageant. And there's like boys that she kind of likes. And then there's this like this charmer bad boy who ends up, you know, hitting on her. And, and there's a lot of these, these hijinks. But anyway, so when things aren't going well with her, she daydreams about binge eating. And there's a, I think maybe the fifth or sixth episode of season one, she is, you know, she has all the food laid out and she's about to binge eat. And I think, in fact, she does end up binge eating on one of the episodes uh, near the end of season one. And I think that is very accurate. And this isn't one of the reasons why I would definitely recommend that you watch Insatiable is because it is one of the rare TV shows that actually tackles binge eating. And it actually tackles disordered eating, emotional eating. And they do a good job of showing her how she fixates on food, how she obsesses about food, especially when things are not going her way, how she knows that the binge eating would be bad for her and, and it's self-sabotaging and it would of course make her gain weight if she does it. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes where she's like, I just don't care. I don't care if I get fat again. And of course, you know, she doesn't really feel that way because she was invisible and ridiculed when she was overweight. But now that she's lost the weight, she's getting the positive attention. And like Teresa mentioned in the interview that we just did, some of the negative attention uh, from from maybe men that she doesn't want to get attention from, but her whole life has opened up now that she's lost her weight, and I think they do a very good job of talking about that and talking about her fixation with food and all the kind of trigger effects, emotional triggers, and self sabotaging that we've talked about 
especially in the first 25 episodes of Confessions of an Obese Child before I, I lost my weight, the first 20 episodes or so, uh, we talk a lot about that. So I think for that reason, the show does a good job. And I would kind of just not worry about the, 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 the murder stuff and the homosexual agenda stuff and all these other, you know, these plot points that make the show kind of stupid. And, and I would say as a whole, the show really isn't that good. It's not that good of a show. It's kind of entertaining, um, but it's not that good. Like another dark comedy that came out recently is The Politician, the one that came out on Netflix about uh, probably around October of 2019, and that has Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Platt and and um, some other people in it, and that has to do with a high school senior. He's a He wants to run for senior class president. It's kind of like a ripoff of Alexander Payne's election movie, the one that had Reese Witherspoon as a high school girl running for class president. That came out in the late 90s. But that is a witty satire that plays on socioeconomic conflict, class conflict, race conflict, uh, gender conflict, and, and a lot of conflicts. And that is a well-crafted TV show. And that was done by, by uh, what's his face, Murphy, the guy who did Glee and American Horror Story, Ryan Murphy. And actually, that is a good dark, uh, dark humor satire TV show that takes place in high school. And I would recommend that show. It's very well done. But but Insatiable really isn't that good of a show. But I do recommend it for any of you who were obese as a child or obese in high school. Even if you didn't lose your weight, even if you're still overweight, I would recommend this show because it does offer a glimpse as to what you went through in high school. And especially if you're a female, I think it does a really good job. And I think it would uh, benefit you to watch this show because in that regard, in terms of her emotional eating and her wanting to get revenge and and all these things that uh, happened to her post weight loss, it's certainly relatable. And there's not just, there's just not a lot of shows out there that have, overweight people in it who've lost the weight. And so it's one of those rarities where there's the pre-weight loss persona followed by the post-weight loss uh, persona. And for that, for that reason, I would recommend that you watch this show if you have that history of being overweight. If you don't have that history of being overweight, I really don't recommend this show because it's not that good of a TV show. But if you're curious and want to check it out, check it out. I would probably recommend if you like high school uh, movie or high school TV shows, I would recommend The Politician, or I'm sure you know there's other TV shows that take place in high school, like Riverdale or some of those shows. Uh, on a side note, the, the 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 return of The Crown on Netflix, I'm looking forward to because I do like The Crown, and season three is starting up uh, in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited about that. So, guys, that's really all I have to say for this episode. So, if you're formerly overweight or currently overweight. I definitely go watch Insatiable and uh, let me know how, what, what you think about it on Facebook. Guys, the website's Naturopathic Earth. If any of you are needing uh, weight loss tips, there's about 150 to 200 recipes that are on that website. It's www.naturopathicearth.com. Just click on the link on the episode notes. And I have a lot of articles there. I have a nine-part series called How I Lost Over 100 Pounds and Kept It Off for 25 Plus Years. And so I probably would read that series. And um, there's just a lot of great holistic health articles there, uh, there as well. 
If you want to support us, there's a couple ways you can do it. Click on the PayPal me link on the episode notes, and that takes you to PayPal. It takes like two seconds. It just tells you how much you want to donate and donate some money, and boom. And that's all you have to do there. If you want to support us in a more passive way, click on the Amazon links that you would find in the recipe articles, and that takes you to Amazon. And anything that you buy within 24 hours through those links, we get 2% commission at no expense to you. Also, you can buy Confessions of an Obese Child, my book about growing up overweight, uh, on Amazon Kindle or Barnes & Noble Nook. It's an ebook. It's only $2.99, and it's free if you have uh, Kindle Unlimited. My next book, Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior, will be coming out hopefully in a month. So if you're listening to this in 2020, uh, it'll probably be available and you can click on the links to get to it. If you want some one-on-one coaching, contact me through Clarity FM for only a dollar and sixty dollar and fifty cents a minute. You can talk to me on the phone and we can talk about toxins in the food, weight loss tips, weight management, stuff like that. Because look, your trainer might be great in teaching you how to do hit hit training or whatever, but how many people do you know that have lost over 100 pounds and have kept it off for 28 years? Just not a lot. So I do offer a unique perspective. So if you want to contact me, click on the link for that. And of course, we have three podcasts here in the Naturopathic Earth family, if you're a naturopathic earthling. So we have Holistic Health News, which is the the flagship. We just did a recent episode on sleep divorce and what sleep divorce is. We also did a recent episode on... um, smart technology intrusions into our life, but there's over 230 episodes there. So there's a lot on weight loss tips in the early episodes and toxins in the food and eat clean and all these things like that. So check that out. And then for you aromatic fans, we have an aromatherapy podcast called The Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary. We've done about 35 oils now. My former colleague, Kate, did the first four on lavender, frankincense, mint, and lemon. And then I've done the last 31. So if you like uh, essential oils, then definitely check out that podcast. Please subscribe to all three and post an honest review. Guys, that's all I have to say. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. If you'd like to reach us, find us at our Facebook page, Naturopathic Earth radio and holistic health news. Until next time, take care.